Look, I know you guys read the title and I'm tired of the dynasty community disrespecting my boy, Justin Fields. I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna waste any time. Let's go. Can I talk my Can shit talk again? My Before we get into the video, make sure you go down below, subscribe, and leave a like. It really helps out the channel grow, and it really helps us in the algorithm, man. We've been seeing a lot of growth recently, and I really appreciate all the support you guys have given me. Now, getting into the video, I'm tired of the slander on Justin Fields' name, specifically from the boy, Fantasy Flock. And I got a lot of respect for what this guy does on his YouTube channel. This is by no means me slandering him or me coming at him. I just disagree with his stance on Justin Fields. He's been on an absolute Twitter and YouTube campaign saying that Trey Lance needs to be your QB2. And if you have Fields there, you are, you are wrong. wrong. He's out here putting out multiple tweets. He put on a video on it saying, stop the delusion. And he says that if you have a league mate that goes out and they draft Justin Fields over Trey Lance, go send them an offer because he's a fish. And I think that that couldn't be further from wrong. I'm just tired of the idea that having Justin Fields ahead of Trey Lance is egregious. Justin Fields, to me, he's an elite level prospect. He was my 102 QB2 pre-draft. Trey Lance was my 106 QB3 pre-draft. So there's a there's a, a big difference in that pre-draft talent, in my opinion. That's just, that's just from what I had on my sheet after the draft. I completely admit Trey Lance goes to a great situation. He gets that top three overall draft capital. I move him from 106 to the 103 as QB3. I moved him up. I just don't feel like I need to move him ahead of Fields because of what happened on draft day. And I don't think I don't think anybody out there that is like me that has Justin Fields at QB2 is a fish or a mark or, or a weak-minded individual or bad at dynasty because of this. If you have the balls to go against the grain, to go against the NFL draft capital and have Justin Fields as your QB2 and not budge, I think you're a better dynasty player for it. I'm a big believer that you shouldn't change your evaluations after the draft. If you had Trey Lance at QB2, QB1, if you just had Trey Lance ahead of Justin Fields prior to the draft and it's still like that now, that that's what I like to see. That's what it should be. The landing spot in draft capital shouldn't dictate the entire thing because if that was the case and you're taking Sam Darnold over Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, and in that case, you're taking Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, be your own evaluator. If it's frowned upon to go against the grain and go against draft capital, then we shouldn't even be making content. We should just, okay, let's watch the draft and let's draft off of that. Okay, best wide receivers in order is going to be what they were drafted off. And if you did that last year, you took Rager over Justin Jefferson. You took Henry Ruggs over Justin Jefferson and, and CeeDee Lamb. So there's a lot of mistakes to be made when you just follow draft capital. That's going to be the first part that we're going to talk about when we debunk every part of this argument that you need to have Trey Lance at QB2. And if you don't, you're a bozo. Because I think that is, I think that that is offensive to people who have Justin Fields at QB2. And I think it's a wild, wild statement. And I don't know if it's just for, for content, for views, for engagement on Twitter, but I think it's a, I think it's a bad, bad message to send out there because I think, again, I have Trey Lance at 103, QB3, but I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even hate on you if you had him at two, or even if you wanted to put Trey Lance at one, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, if you don't have Justin Fields at two, then you're a fish. Go make offers for the guys that are taking Zach Wilson and Trey Lance over Justin Fields because I get it. I can see that side of the story. The biggest part of this argument is he fell to 11th. He fell on draft day and teams that needed quarterbacks passed on him. Why, do you, why don't you look at that information and take something from it? Why are you not concerned by that? What I say is I get it. Detroit, Carolina, and Denver all passed on Fields. But why should I move him down because of that? QB needy teams are often the incompetent ones. In 2017, you had two running backs and three wide receivers, non-premium positions, go before Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. QB needy teams in the Browns, Jaguars, and Jets all passed on Mahomes and Watson in 2017. These teams often don't make the correct decisions. The Broncos decided they'd rather roll with Casey Keenum than draft Josh Allen in 2018. Is, is any of this supposed to affect how I feel about Justin Fields? These teams are not hyper, hyper accurate and, and they always make the correct decisions. That's why GMs are always getting fired and hired. These guys make bad decisions. Yes, for the Bronco pick, 
Bradley Chubb, he's a good player. He's a good pass rusher at a premium position, but it was the wrong pick. When you're when you're the Broncos and you have Casey Keenum at quarterback, a lot of these coaches, they have insane confidence in their guy. They think they can just coach up any quarterback and they'll worry about, they'll just worry about the quarterback because they think they can coach really well and they'll build around the rest of the team. And that's often not the way to go. And that's the way a lot of these teams feel. Detroit, Carolina, and Denver, they think they can just roll out Goff, Darnold, Drew Locke and have fine results and go make a run for the playoffs and then just build around the rest of their team. I don't doubt that Penny Sewell, Patrick Sertain, and JC Horn are going to be great players, but they were the wrong pick objectively. Because these teams don't operate efficiently and rationally, these teams, like I said, their GMs are constantly turning over. There's teams that are constantly doing poorly. So when you have poorly ran teams, there's only like five elite franchises in the entire NFL. So I'm not going to sit here and assume that every club is making super efficient and super rational decisions. And don't be surprised when Detroit, Carol, Carolina, Denver, they're all drafting the top 10 next year because they're going out there with guys like Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, their quarterbacks right now, and that's the most important position on the field, and they're undervaluing that. I refuse to let the poor actions of these teams affect my decisions in fantasy. And I also want to say, when we're looking at this, oh, so all these teams passed on Justin Fields, they're looking at a completely different criteria than we are. Me having fields higher than NFL teams doesn't mean I'm being arrogant and I think that I'm better at evaluating than NFL teams. It means that we're looking at different things. They're looking for scheme fits. They want guys that can run their offense. They want proven leaders. They want locker room guys. In fantasy, we simply just want guys that are going to score points on our fantasy teams with their arms and their legs. It's two completely different evaluations. And this is why you have guys like Minshew, who was a top 15 quarterback in points per game last year. You had Jameis Winston a few years back who with the Buccaneers, even though he threw a bunch of interceptions, was a great fantasy quarterback. It's why neither of those guys have ever been looked at as a franchise QB, because that's not how that works. Fa scoring fantasy points on my team and scoring, and scoring real life points on their NFL team two completely different ideas so i get a lot of comments and and tweets and mentions saying do you really think you're better at evaluating quarterbacks than nfl talent evaluators they're they're legit scouts and it's just a whack claim because we're looking at two different outcomes so they're looking for their the future of their team a leader on their team and i'm just looking for someone that can go in my sleeper lineup and score me points every week it's two different equations it's why jalen hurts can be a top five points per game fantasy scorer this year and still lead his philadelphia eagles to like a five and twelve finish they're not the same thing. It's why in, it's why for quarterbacks, we value rushing so much more than the NFL does. The, the NFL, the rushing correlates to fantasy points per game far more than, than a point scored for their team. Fantasy points and actual real life production are two completely different things. There's a reason that Justin Fields fell. It's because this class is insanely deep. There's only been three drafts since 1999 where five quarterbacks have gone in the first round. In all three of them, there were three quarterbacks picked between picks one and nine, and there were two quarterbacks picked between 10 and 32. When there's depth out of position, talented players fall. That's how that works. In a different year, Justin Fields probably goes top five. In my opinion, I would have taken him first overall. I would have taken him in first overall over Joe Burrow. I would have taken him first overall over Kyler Murray. I, there hasn't been a prospect better than Justin Fields, in my opinion, since Andrew Luck. And I'm not going to ding him because of the depth of the position. I'm not going to let the depth of position deter how I feel about a player's talent. He would have gone way higher in a class where there wasn't five first round QBs. That's how in 2018, that's how you had Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen fall to seven and 32. In other draft classes, maybe not Lamar Jackson because of the whole uh, running back thing. People didn't know if he was going to play quarterback, but at least Josh Allen. Josh Allen, his talent profile and like a guy like Carson Wentz, not too far apart. If he goes in one of those drafts where there, there's not a first quarterback, like a Mitch Trubisky draft, where there's not a quarterback until pick number three going on, something like that, like a Blake Borders with not a pick until number three, he probably goes first overall, Josh Allen. When you have these, these classes that are rare, where there's five first round caliber quarterbacks, you can't compare apples to apples with this one to other ones. And you can't give them that same ding for falling down draft boards. And also to put a cherry on top of this whole thing, I'm not going to look at the NFL evaluations as gospel. I said this earlier, these, these teams don't make the right decisions every step of the way. There's so many incompetent franchises. Last year, we had rugs, we had takeover 
over Lamb and Jefferson. Trubisky got taken over Mahomes and Watson. You had Andy Isabella, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Paris Campbell all taken over D.K. Metcalf. I refuse to give him the benefit of that doubt. I'm not going to sit here and act like draft capital is everything because if it was everything, why even evaluate these players at all? You know who is objectively smarter than NFL teams? Las Vegas. These are guys that run sports books and make money every single year. And they currently have Justin Fields at plus 500 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and they have Trey Lance at plus 900. If Trey Lance is in some insanely great landing spot and the superior prospect, like how people think that he is, why is Justin Fields closer and also Trevor Lawrence than he is to Trey Lance? If there were 10 teams that passed on Justin Fields, there's no way he could be in the same tier talent-wise as a Trevor Lawrence, according to Las Vegas. Well, he is. And the idea that because he fell 10 spots means that he's not even close to the same type of player is false. And even Las Vegas thinks so. Justin Fields has the opportunity to start sooner. Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's better. He started numerous seasons with the team. He's only 29. Andy Dalton has not even taken a snap behind center for the Bears. It wouldn't shock me if Justin Fields came out there week one and was a starter. And what people don't understand is he has a he has a fine supporting cast for a rookie quarterback. People out there, I know Fantasy Flock in his video, he was saying that he really likes his quarterbacks have elite landing spots. And I get that, but they're not necessary and they're not proven to actually be anything. A lot of these quarterbacks are getting picked top three to go to some of the shittiest teams in the NFL. We've seen, according to the best rookie quarterback season we've seen in the last five years, landing spot doesn't have to be super spectacular. Of the quarterbacks, there's been three quarterbacks since 2015 that have finished as a top 12 quarterback in their rookie season. We have Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, and Justin Herbert. Of the three of them, none of them had a crazy guru offensive coordinator like a Shanahan. The best play caller might have been Cliff Kingsbury, and none of them had an elite O-line, and all of them had maximum one elite wide receiver on a seven and nine or worse team. None of them came into some rosy landing spot with a great offensive line, insane talent around them, and a great coach. Because if that was to happen, they wouldn't be picking in the top five. None of these rookies needed insanely good landing spots to ball out. Justin Fields has a fine landing spot when you look at this list. If anything, he might have the best landing spot on this whole list. He has Matt Nagy, who might be the best play caller of all four coaches on the board. People forget that Matt Nagy got 4,000 passing yards, 26 passing touchdowns, and five interceptions from Alex Smith in 2017 with the sixth best scoring offense as the OC for the Chiefs. He was also a part of the crew that traded up to draft Mahomes in 2017. Then he gets put onto the Bears roster in 2018 with Mitch Trubisky. And for the last three years, he's coached borderline. He's gone to the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky. He isn't as bad as people are making him out to be. When you give a, a, a coach the likes of Mitch Trubisky for three years and tell him, hey, go do whatever the fuck you can, you're not going to see anything insane. But we he's been to the playoffs. He's been on teams that have been better than 500. He's done the best he could with what he's been given. Justin Fields right now is projected for 7.5 wins, which gives him the best projected win total. He's, he has the 20th best O-line. That was the PFF ranking coming out of last year, which is the best out of the three quarterbacks. And he's paired with Allen Robinson. Just... My power is back on, fellas. The show must go on. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and squeeze out the rest of this take before JCPNL shuts this whole operation down. So, like I was saying, Justin Fields has an elite wide receiver, just like the rest of them. Has like a back end offensive line. Doesn't you don't need some crazy guru offensive coordinator. He has a fine landing spot, and I would even argue he has one of the better landing spots of those first round quarterbacks. He was picked at 11th. It's actually I, I get from a draft capital standpoint that getting picked outside the top three is a bad thing, but it's also a good thing. He's not getting a bottom three roster. He's getting a playoff roster. The Browns traded up from pick uh, pick 20 to go to pick 11. This is a team that is a borderline fringe playoff team, and he's actually on one of the better teams that you could have landed on for a quarterback. The last thing that I've seen people defend on the Trey Lance over Justin Fields kind of thing is that QBs drafted in the top three 
are given a longer leash and they start longer. The idea here is guys like Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, Sam Darnold. They're all bad quarterbacks, but they at least finished out their rookie contract. Sam Darnold yet to be determined, but it looks like he's going to start for his fourth year. They all at least got to start four seasons. Then you look at Josh Rosen and Dwayne Haskins. They were only given one season to play, and then they just got the rug pulled out from underneath them, and their value went to zero. And I kind of understand where where you guys are coming from the idea is if Trey Lance busts you're still getting the floor of a fringe QB2 product for four years whereas if if Fields busts he might not have the starting job after 2021 which I understand but at the end of the day if a quarterback is bad he is bad and a quarter if a quarterback is good he's good that's as simple as it gets I'm not sure there's a difference between having a bad quarterback for four years on your dynasty roster and having a bad quarterback for one year on your dynasty roster there's not that much value that you're recouping there and at that point it's still a busted rookie pick regardless of how you spin it if your 102 turns into sam darnold or dwayne haskins it's still a busted rookie pick it's it's not a huge difference for me and i'm not going to fact that it like the the floor there isn't even a high enough floor for it to matter for me. And I'll add on top of that, if we want to talk about like Rosen and Haskins, they were both statues in the pocket. They couldn't rush for shit. And I'd argue that their lack of athleticism in a modern NFL is what caused them to not be able to start after one year, not their draft capital. But that's that's my side of the story. I understand that Trey Lance has better draft capital and a better landing spot, but I think both of those matter for quarterbacks marginally like not that much field two was drafted at 11th overall only has a 10 percent less chance to hit a top 12 season and a five percent less chance to hit a top five season according to draft capital this is a chart by at pa howdy it just shows the hit rates for quarterbacks drafted before pick five and before pick 12 and i completely acknowledge trey lance has an elite landing spot his coach is great his own line is great his weapons are great and as i said before the thing is that i don't think these things are that necessary for the quarterbacks to break out and be amazing you know like i said before deshaun watson justin herbert kyler murray all these great quarterbacks that had success when they were young didn't need elite situations and elite landing spots when you're a great qb you're a great qb in that exact cardinals offense before deandre hopkins with christian kirk and larry fitzgerald josh rosen scored eight points per game in the virtually same offense as kyler murray who scored 18.6 points per game good players win out i can take these two l's knowing that trey lance has his fair share of flaws i know that trey lance has a great landing spot and a great head coach and great draft capital but his profile isn't as good as justin fields instead trey lance has a lack of experience and he played against bad competition in college one of the most predictive metrics we have for qbs is starting experience and trey lance has literally 17 games started against fcs competition justin fields has more pass attempts in his sophomore season than trey lance has had in his entire career that should be concerning for me i, I see both sides trey lance he has landing spot he has the draft capital his talent isn't as good as Justin Fields so he has those two things going for him whereas Justin Fields has talent going for him and I don't even think that he is a big enough there, that there's a big enough negative on his landing spot and draft capital for me to value Trey Lance over him and I and if you do I completely get it but let me break down why I think Justin Fields is a superior talent Justin Fields has been that dude he was a five-star quarterback and people say Trevor Lawrence was number one prospect which I know he was but Justin Fields wasn't too far behind. He has insane pedigree. He was a five-star recruit, number one prospect in the entire class, according to ESPN. It was pretty much split between him and Trevor Lawrence. People think that like Trevor Lawrence was the number one undisputed prospect. Literally, ESPN had Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. So he is that guy. And 247, a spot that had Trevor Lawrence at number one, they have Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields as two of the top three quarterback recruits of all time coming out of high school. This dude has pedigree and he's performed at every step of the way. He hasn't slipped up anywhere. As a sophomore, he had the third highest PFF grade of all time for a 20 year old quarterback. This That's a stat from at DF Bean Counter on Twitter. I've talked about him in like literally all my videos. Drew O on Twitter, he's a great follow. Fields had a 92.4 as a sophomore in the Big Ten and Trey Lance had an 88.7 as a sophomore in the FCS. That's 
super far apart. And Fields was the number two quarterback in the entire nation. And he was only behind Joe Burrow, a guy who had probably the best season of all time in college football. And even then, he even had better stats than Joe Burrow. Outside of that passing grade, he had a higher big time throw rate, a higher ADOT, and he simultaneously had the 11th lowest turnover worthy play rate. So while he's throwing deep down the field, making big money plays, he's not turning the ball over. That's why he had 40 something touchdowns, only three interceptions. He's a really sharp player. He had a lower turnover worthy play rate than Justin Herbert, Tua, and Jalen Hurts at the age of 20 in the Big Ten. Then we go to his junior season and he had a great 92 passing grade, higher than Trevor Lawrence, played fine, played well. We know that Ohio State struggled. Ohio State had a bunch of COVID problems. It wasn't as spectacular as a season as a sophomore season. Even still, his just turn on the Clemson game where he goes out there against Trevor Lawrence, a guy that he's been ranked number two behind his entire life. Ever since that freshman season, they were neck and neck in high school. Ever since that freshman season where Trevor Lawrence goes out there, wins a championship, Justin Fields has looked at as QB2. He's never looked at QB1, and he goes out there against somebody that he has been in the shadow of for the last two, three years of his life. He goes out there and puts on a show against Clemson in the semifinals of the college football playoffs, goes out there, lights him up, multiple touchdowns, gets his ribs cracked mid-game by some crazy white linebacker on Clemson, and still balls the fuck out and knocks Trevor Lawrence, a guy who Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the next Andrew Luck, and I, I truly do believe that as well, but if we're talking about a prospect like that, you were saying Trevor Lawrence, in the final year of his career, when he's supposed to have the storybook ending where he goes out there, wins a championship, if, if you're talking about like the best college quarterback of all time, in his final season, he's supposed to go out there and do something crazy, and Justin Fields upset him and sent him home as underdogs in that game. And the best thing for fantasy that he refined in his last season was his rushing ability. He only had a 60.9 rushing grade, according to PFF, which is terrible. That's like Mac Jones level rushing grade. Even though he had a bunch of yards, I guess he wasn't just scrambling the right way. He wasn't really finding his way outside the pocket. This year, when he had worse line play, his his he had COVID out the ass on the entire team. Big Ten had a shortened schedule, only seven games. He didn't have that proper training camp. Where he really refined his game was his rushing upside, which we love for fantasy. He goes from a 60.9 PFF grade to an 85.3. That's a massive jump. In his final season, he averaged 47.9 rushing yards per game with five touchdowns on the ground. And when we look at this chart with Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, these are all three quarterbacks I think that he really comps well to as guys that are not runners first they're they're throwers first runners second but still give you a lot of fantasy points on the ground he had more rushing yards per game in his final season than all of those guys now i know some of you guys are yelling at your screen because trey lance is a better runner oh if you want to talk about running why aren't we talking about trey lance he's way better runner but trey lance is more of a runner like michael vick and cam newton where he's a runner first that's his primary spot of his game that he excels at and then he's a passer second don't get me wrong trey lance is a great passer but he's not the kind of passer that justin fields is for long-term success i'd rather have a better passer because that's that's how you win in the long run russell wilson isn't the same kind of runner he was when he was young and in his 20s but he's winning because of his arm trey lance to me is more cam newton mike vick rg3 and that type of game when you're super fast and you're making a lot of your fantasy points on the ground it gives you a hyper crazy short stint of your career which I think Justin Fields could even match, but it doesn't breed longevity. All of those guys, by the time they get to their 30s, are either they have crazy injuries, their rushing ability runs out underneath them, and they, they can't throw the same way the rest of the league can, and it catches up to them. I'd rather find a quarterback that finds their success passing primarily and then has great rushing side as well. That's why I want a guy like Deshaun Watson, like Dak Prescott. And that's what Justin Fields is. Very simply, I just prefer Justin Fields' talent to Trey Lance's. I think that he is a better prospect in a vacuum. And I don't think that that is a hot take. So when I'm looking at a better prospect in a vacuum with, in my opinion, fine draft capital, a, a really good landing spot 
compared to quarterbacks that get drafted in the top three. I don't think that Trey Lance's landing spot in his draft capital is enough for me to to move him ahead of Justin Fields. Again, I have Justin Fields at QB2 and I have Trey Lance at QB3 at the 103 in Superflex drafts and it's super close for me. They're, they're back-to-back and everything. I just give Justin Fields the edge and I completely get it. I get it. Just, Lance has the great landing spot, great draft capital, all that. And I completely acknowledge that he could be better than Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields more. I think he's a safer asset. I like his upside a lot. But if you have just, if you have Trey Lance there, I'm not going to scoff at it. And that's the whole entire point of this rant. If you have Trey Lance at QB2, if you have him at Q, even QB1, I can completely get behind it. I'm not going to sit here and scoff at you for it. The only thing, the only time that I will scoff at you for having any quarterback over anybody is if you have Kyle Trask or Kellen Mons ahead of any of the top four quarterbacks. That's when we start or any of the top five quarterbacks. That's when we start to have a misunderstanding. This wasn't to be hostile towards Fantasy Flock or uh, his actual name is Mason Dodd on Twitter. This isn't to come out here and this wasn't some kind of diss track at him or anything like that. This is just simply me defending my right to rank Justin Fields at 102 in Superflex Leagues. If any of you guys out there have him at 102 in Superflex Leagues don't or, or want to move him there, don't think you need to have Trey Lance because everyone out there is shitting on the idea of having uh, Justin Fields at 102. It's not a bad idea. It's a, it's a fine, it's fine process. It's a fine pick. He is my 102, and I don't. I'm I'm not going to scoff anybody for thinking otherwise because I think that when we're talking about number three overall, number eleven overall quarterbacks, you never know. That's the same same way that Justin Herbert outplayed Tua last year. Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. When quarterbacks go in the first round, it's honestly all up to random chance. So you grab your guy and you hope for the best. That's really all I can say. So again, no hate to fantasy flock that's just my take if you made it all the way to the end of the video i'm not sure how long this is going to come out to but i feel like i got some things off my chest today this is damn near a therapy session when i talk into the the camera i also want to add on top that uh the youtube channel qb school he's a he's a really dope youtuber and he evaluates quarterbacks as like his whole entire channel he has justin fields as his qb1 and then trevor lawrence at qb2 so that just says how good people really think that justin fields is i think that he's an amazing quarterback i've always loved him coming out i also i also really root for a guy that has been overshadowed for somebody uh, by somebody like trevor lawrence and i think that just that just puts a a certain type of chip on your shoulder even though he's a first round draft pick and him slipping in the draft i think that justin field is really going to be a, an all-time and not an all-time great quarterback let me let me not get it way over my head but i think that he could be the next deshaun watson dak prescott and i'm i'm fairly confident about it but that's all for today as always, you can follow me at runstore underscore on Twitter. I'm probably going to come out with a thread on this probably Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, which by the time this comes out, it'll be like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the week that you guys are seeing it. But I'm feeling a lot of love from the channel. I love you guys. We're growing at a, a, a the fastest rate we've ever grown at. And while I say that, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like, and join the Discord. I'm telling you guys, join the Discord. We have a, a group chat in there where we're talking about trades. We're talking about what we're doing in startups. We do mock drafts in there. I drop my mock drafts, my best ball drafts, everything like that in there. And it's just a way to grow the community. And if you want my rankings, you want to know what my rankings look like with Justin Fields at 102 and Trey Lance at 103, make sure you go down below. Join the Patreon. I really appreciate it. And as always, man. I'll see you guys in the next one. Grind, I gotta get it. Riding with a Glock 23. These the one Jordan. Got a team full of shooters. We pull up scoring. Lil Yachty put up in that. Ah, Lil Bo just put up in that. Yeah. That's that one for him. Everywhere I go, I keep a 10, bitch. I'm Eric Gordon. How the fuck is $17 and you can't afford it? I got bitches it. lined up like they waiting for them one Jordan. Bro,